everybody, welcome to season three of Vibrant Visionaries. This is the podcast where I, Heidi Bennett, talk with immensely creative folks about all their creative projects and uh, anything else we feel like talking about. If you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. Many of our episodes are interviews, including this one, and then some of them are me getting behind the mic and talking about uh, mindfulness and creativity and, and just opening up my cabinet of curiosities and sharing what is going on in my life and things I think might be helpful and useful for all of us as immensely creative weirdos. <laughs> so please subscribe and check out everything at vibrantvisionaries.com. Today, I have the amazing Selene Luna as my guest. I've been um, a big fan of hers for a long time, and uh, she's just something else. She's a true vibrant visionary. She's a comic, she's a voiceover artist, a host, an actor. She was the voice of Tia Rosita in Disney Pixar's Academy Award and Golden Globe Award-winning Coco. She's an established presence in Hollywood with multiple roles, such as um, she was in Celebrity Wife Swap, uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D. She's worked a lot with Margaret Cho, Dita Von Tees. She's a dancer. She's a fierce advocate for disability rights and has spoken at rallies on Capitol Hill. She's just something amazing, and she's just really funny and warm and wonderful. And that's why I wanted to have her be my first official guest for season three of Vibrant Visionaries. So I know you'll enjoy this conversation with Selene Luna. All right, everybody, I have a wonderful guest on today who I've been stalking on Instagram for years and beyond Instagram, pre-Instagram even. In fact, we have some mutual acquaintances and friends. Maybe that'll come up or maybe that's just a tease for <laughs> future conversations. But please welcome my guest today, Selene Luna. Uh, thank you so much, Heidi. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. And I want to know who our mutual friends are. Uh, Jason Masir. Oh my God. Yeah, that's one of my uh, closest pals and love him so much. Jason is such a sweetheart and he and I went to high school together. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Jason and I were, um, you know, weirdo buddies. We were the strange outcast outsider. Uh, you know, he was creative and interesting back then, of course, as well as he is today <laughs> yeah he's an incredible artist that's wonderful I and mean, i it's like family yeah absolutely yeah so i was gonna ask you a couple things so we're we're this podcast is uh i took a little break for a couple months so we're just coming out of on the other side we're in 2021 now <laughs> we're mm. we're still in the lockdown but things are starting to feel a little bit more open and but I'm just curious out of the, this whole year, this past year, for you, what has, you're a very creative person, what kind of things creatively have you done that have been maybe different than what you would have done or just like, oh, I've always wanted to do this now, I have the time or how did this year in the lockdown stoke your creativity? It's actually been a real silver lining for me creatively. I now have an opportunity that I didn't have before. And to give you a background on what I'm talking about, back in 2018, I began producing stand-up comedy shows that uh, only featured comics with disabilities. And the reason I started this passion, this, this path, 
in my life is that a lot of people don't realize. And by the way, if you don't know who I am, you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a little person. So I've lived as a disabled person my entire life. Just uh, as the kids say, I was born this way. <laughs> so to get at what I'm talking about is that um, I, I had a touring career for about 15 years. I toured both as a dancer and a stand-up comic. And one thing I realized in touring is that the majority of venues, of performing art venues, are not ADA compliant as far as accommodating performers with disabilities. Although a lot of venues are ADA compliant for audience members. I mean, and even then it's shoddy, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really not compliant. So, so if you're a performer with a disability, good luck surviving on tour and good luck managing backstage. I mean, could you just imagine that, you know, backstage, I think most people know what backstage looks like. It's really the ugly part of the show. It's all the cords, <laughs> yeah. all the wires, all the equipment, gigantic light rigs, gigantic sound rigs. Now imagine being in a wheelchair trying to navigate through that just to get on stage. So that's just to give you a visual. In 2018, that's when I I got the idea of like, you know what, why don't I just produce shows that are specifically accommodating to performers with disabilities? So there is no shortage of talent with disabilities. There's a shortage of opportunities for us but uh, not the talent. And the problem I was coming up against was getting audiences to come out and support it without audiences feeling like, oh man, this is gonna be weird and depressing. Mm. You know, cause the biggest part about, the, the, the biggest hindrance for disabled people is not our physical disability, it's society's attitudes about it. So it's really not our problem. It's usually non-disabled people's problem but we carry the burden. Flash forward to the pandemic, I saw this as a perfect opportunity because it became normal to have virtual shows online. All of a sudden, everybody started producing shows online. And so that's what I started doing. I thought this is the perfect opportunity to produce shows featuring people with disabilities and without anybody having to deal with the uh, physical logistics of literally physically getting on stage, getting to the venue, getting down the aisles, getting up steps, none of that, all of a sudden that was eliminated. It has really sparked my passionate drive to spotlight performers with disabilities. And so since the pandemic, I have now produced a handful of shows spotlighting people with disabilities, They have been great. They've been successful. People are becoming receptive and people are realizing that people with disabilities are hilarious because we face more adversity than anyone else. And adversity by nature creates humor. It's a survival mechanism. So long answer to your question. That's what I've been doing and I'm so happy about it. And it would not have happened without the pandemic. So there's my silver lining. And I'm pursuing this beyond the pandemic. Once the world, I guess, quote unquote, opens up, whatever Mm -hmm. that means, (laughs) whatever that looks like, I'm still going to continue producing shows online because it's a new platform for those of us with disabilities. That's fantastic. I love 
how much you were able to recognize that opportunity and take it up. And, and it seems like, yeah, one thing I've heard for uh, different comedians and different people who have moved over to online for right now or forevermore mm-hmm. is that then you also get other barriers are broken down. So anybody can come to the show, you know, as long as they have a working computer or sometimes just a working you know, smartphone. So just all over the world, people can participate. And it's usually at like a price point that's available. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, anybody that does have physical constraints or concerns, that's wiped out. So there's just all these different ways we can connect. And uh, it is truly a, a silver lining. And, and um, that is so cool. I, I I look forward to seeing more. I haven't really jumped in and watched a bunch of things. I, I participated in Fantastic Fest, mm-hmm. the, that genre film festival, which is usually in Austin. And I had some technical difficulties with the platform that they were using. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, kind of watching some things and then they're dropping out and uh, whatever. It was still fun. But what format have you been using? Is it Zoom? Are there other, just kind of the technical specs, just for curiosity's sake for that? Yeah, I mean, the, the technical part has been, uh, it's it's like the Wild West. You know, we are at the forefront of something new. And we, not just disabled performers, but just anyone who's producing online now, we're at the forefront of this. We're creating something that's never existed before. So um, I've been using Zoom. I'm not plugging Zoom, but it's been um, so awesome that it exists and it's accessible to anyone anywhere in the world. And so we have had, I mean, I've had some uh, technical glitches here and there, but not anything so, you know, major that the show couldn't go on. Just a couple glitches here and there. Really nothing that uh, hindered any show I've participated in. And also, I think audiences realize we're really in this together. Everybody understands what's happening. So it, I don't, it, it's not been a big deal for me at all. Cool. Yeah, I was just thinking that that's the other thing that's been so, like, one of the special opportunities or ways that we've been able to connect like this is that I'm sure this will be old by now by the time everybody hears this, but, you know, the attorney showing up where he's got the the kitty cat face as... Oh, that <laughs> was say- so or you know yeah the technical difficulties and things that just add to the humor and the humanizing of the experience of we're all truly in this together and you know I'm sitting here now I've been podcasting from home ever since the beginning so I'm I'm used to this kind of format but even today like doing this and re- recording it over video is new mm-hmm. so um I I chuckle to myself that uh before the pandemic before we knew any of this that I had on my on my to-do list, learn how to use Zoom, because I knew it was like a thing people were using. There's nothing like this kind of thing to just go, oh, I'm going to use this thing or be disconnected from people. So it's great that we have all these different variety of tools to keep us connected. And I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, that it just, it adds to the humor. It adds to the feeling of connection that we're all stumbling through technology and mm-hmm. learning this together. And, and it's very like this producing from home too. It's like a very DIY bootstrap kind of thing. And I think for Vibrant Visionaries, this podcast and YouTube channel that's debuting soon, it's it's an opportunity for Vibrant Visionaries 
how I describe us are people who have a multitude of talents and, and really, you know, go all many different directions. They aren't just like, I'm a chef and that's it. You know, we have, do a lot of different things. And so, yeah, I guess the next question I have is, is that something that you feel like you've, uh, as you've developed your career that is many faceted, multifaceted, have you kind of come from that DIY, like if I, if it's going to get done, it's going to be me producing it myself. Absolutely. 100%. Um, I've always been a do-it-yourself entertainer. I've had to be, everybody is, but I have an extra layer. Again, I, I'm a, a disabled individual. So I've always been at the mercy of non-disabled allies opening doors for me and always trying to figure out how I can make something work, how I can make people see see me as a performer like anyone else. How can I make people look beyond my physical? And that's just something that disabled individuals are born with. We are very creative, resourceful people. You have to, you know, we live in a world that it just generally is not accommodating or accessible. So by nature, we are always thinking ahead. How am I going to modify this to work for me? I mean, from pouring cereal in the morning to shopping for clothing, you know, uh, we're not exactly off the rack. And, you know, people like me. And I think a lot of people relate to that. But we just have an amplified uh, necessity mm-hmm. to be more resourceful. So tweaking my producing style for the internet for the virtual world i was ready for it although as a performer i have to be honest i was resistant i wasn't totally ready for it because as a comic really as a live stage performer which is i would say 80 percent of what i what i used to do before the pandemic you just cannot replace the energy of a live audience doesn't matter where you are and that was something I had a really hard time wrapping my head around. Also, it's generational. You know, I'm not a spring chicken. I, you know, I'm like old school showbiz. I'm not a gamer. I, I've never, I don't, the last time I played a video game was like, you know, Atari in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, so I didn't have an organic connection to creating online. So I had to really wrap my head around it. And um, someone asked me to do a show early on in the pandemic. A friend of mine who's a comic that I really love and respect, he asked me to do his show. And I just thought, you know what? Here goes nothing. I'm just going to like, just give it a try. See how it feels. Even though I was, I agreed kicking and screaming. And um, and I'm so glad I did it. I, it tore off the bandage. I realized, oh my God, this is pretty amazing. I mean, like, I don't have to like look for parking. I don't have to pay for parking. I don't have to like leave my house. I'm a homebody, honestly. I'm not. I, 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 I don't. I'm not really big on going out. I'm in my pajamas by five o'clock. I mean, so I started to see like, wow, this is pretty amazing. Like, so I'm full blown into it now. I like. I love it. I love it. I want this virtual world to work out because I'm, I'm having fun doing this. Awesome. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed you've done a lot of different things at home, kind of like sharing on Instagram, some of your crafting and um, even making like um, films with your husband and your dog and stuff like that. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, 
yeah, those are fun. <laughs> I like, uh, I'm a homebody too. And even though I've uh, toured in bands and, and led bands mm-hmm. and things, uh, I think about those times and how much my, I remember my stepmom would be like, oh, well, I never call you until afternoon because I'm assuming you've just been up all night partying and Right, that's what everybody thinks. (laughs) No, no, no. As soon as I'm done, as soon as I'm wound down, I'm like, I cannot wait to get this bra off and these shoes Mm -hmm. off and just just pass out or curl up with a good movie or something like that. Absolutely. One of the other topics we talk about a lot on this podcast for ourselves as people who do a lot of different creative things is like, how do you recognize when you're getting burnt out? And how do you take care of yourself? What kind of like self-care things do you like to do? Whether they're like, we all know like, oh, well, just I think when I say self-care, I still feel like there's this like, it just means like putting on an herbal mask and taking a bubble (laughs) bath or whatever, which is fine. You know, that's great. But I also think of self-care as or or recognizing burnout and going to self-care also means like recognizing, oh, I need to say no to a couple of things or. Mm-hmm. I need to set some boundaries or whatever. I don't know. Anything in that topic area that, that is interesting for you to talk about, feel free to share. Sure, sure. Um, I absolutely relate to the question. As far as burnout goes, I I think for me, the cue to realize that I need to stop and walk away is when I begin to dread what I'm working on. Usually a deadline gets me fired up and excited kind of an anxious anxiety, like my chest is caving in. I have a lot, I, I deal with a lot of anxiety. I think that's probably a lot of people these days and definitely creative individuals come from a place of anxiety. So I, when I start having anxiety and then I work it out in writing like a, you know, a new comedy set, uh, that's kind of where I work it out. Uh, I have to make it a creative venture that's also an investment in my career. And so If I'm at a point where I'm writing something and it starts to feel dreadful, I got to just stop and walk away. That's when I know like, okay, I'm forcing it. Nothing good's going to come out of this. And, but I still need to engage my mind, but without feeling any kind of pressure. So I turn to crafting. I'm a real crafter. My husband is too. And that's one of the things we have in common. We really love stimulating our minds but in a way where you can also space out and, and enjoy yourself at the mm-hmm, same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mindless, but it does engage your mind. So I like working on miniatures. I, that's my thing right now. I have a lot of things that I like to create with my hands. But, uh, but we have like uh, in our home, it, we have a whole like craft section. You know, there's a, we have a storage room. It's, it's our laundry room mm-hmm. slash my office slash our doomsday uh, stock but um <laughs> but part of our doomsday stock is uh we have a whole section of art supplies and crafts and stuff and so right now the craft that i'm into is i'm hoping I- i'm working on it but I- i'm gonna build myself a christmas village i love christmas i'm a christmas freak <laughs> and uh so this year 2021 my goal is to uh create an an ADA compliant Christmas village. I love it. That sounds awesome. What yeah, kind of yeah. materials are you using uh to to yeah, working with? 
Oh, well, that's kind of the fun part of it. We live out, we, my husband and I, we live out in Palm Springs and we're really surrounded by nature. I mean, it's a small town. You really are in the middle of the desert. And so, uh, I mean, we, we're, we live butted up against the hiking trail. There's so much beauty that surrounds us. So what I do is I just walk out into the backyard or up into the hill behind my house and just pick up materials like uh, pick up rocks, pick up twigs, leaves. And that's what I use to make like my miniature village uh, cabins. And right now, uh, my latest, I'm, I'm working on a, uh, I'm almost done with it, a little a little witch's apothecary cabin. And uh, so it's really cute. It looks like a miniature log cabin. And it's all made out of twigs I found in the yard. That's awesome. I love Thanks. it. I'm geeking out. <laughs> Yeah, our, my husband and I both love crafting too. And I think our whole, like right now in the office behind me, there's like a ton of stuff for crafting. And then I do have like a designated spot in a, in a back room that for when we first moved into this house, it was like, oh, we'll have guests here. And then slowly mm -hmm. it just all of our <laughs> crafts and That's funny. That's what weirdo. we thought too. It was like, oh, this is perfect guest area. <laughs> now I... I guess, uh, yeah, we couldn't squeeze anybody. Yeah, in no way. And then, yeah, our living room, everything, I, everything's a this slash that. Our living room, he's working uh, from home like most people are um, mm -hmm. in one little corner of the living room. And then mm -hmm. he turns around. He actually just started documenting some of our vintage cookbooks that we collect. So, Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really neat. He set up, a, he painted um, and made a little stand for it to kind of give it a nice neutral backdrop. It's awesome. Yeah. And then he's now like in between working, he'll snap some photos and then throw those up on Instagram. So it's it's fun to just kind of, every room's a multi-purpose room, I guess. Well, these days, there's just no way around it. And, and actually, I do have to mention another thing that I do for uh, to decompress, mm -hmm. which is something I never did uh, before COVID, that we play checkers. I'm like obsessed with playing checkers. And that's another thing that's like it, it really engages your mind. Uh, we play very strategically, very competitively. And in fact, my husband handmade, uh, handmade me this beautiful checker set uh, out of his wood shop. So everything is a craft that we actually end up using that benefits our lives. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm heavy into checkers. That's awesome. I'm trying to think of the last time I played checkers. I must have been a kid, but I remember liking it. I don't mm -hmm. even know if I remember. I don't think I remember how to play. <laughs> well, I've, I've had to relearn and now yeah. I can't stop. Yeah, I haven't played checkers since I was like eight. You know, I don't. And then, uh, but we were just like, oh my God, what do we do next? You know, because you can only paint and glue so much. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, so it was like, oh, my God, let's give checkers a try. We went to the Dollar Tree, which I love the Dollar Tree. For It's not a plug. They don't sponsor me, although I wish they would. But we go there for our craft supplies. They have, like, an amazing craft section. And there we stumbled upon some, like, little dollar travel size checkered, you know, game. And we bought it just for fun. And it just stuck. And now I can't stop. Yeah, I remember um, I love, yeah, I love thrifting and going to places like that. And I remember when Big Lots used to be called Pick and Save. And that was something I my remember pick and save. <laughs> grandma would do. <laughs> so my grandma would 
load us up in the car and we'd go just wander around pick and save and oh my god pick and save was the jam that was like pre-99 cent store yeah totally and 99 cent store came in and it's like that pick and save went out yeah yeah i'm not sponsored by dot 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 um grocery oh. outlet but I, with the oh. new <laughs> wait i'm sorry that's yeah. a trigger for me Is i'm obsessed it? with grocery outlet are you that... yes <laughs> I am too. love that place I love shopping there. And then, so my new YouTube channel is mm -hmm. called Vibrant Visionaries Network. And I made the logo kind of sort of evocative of that, like 60s, 70s, um, sort of, I don't know, like Monday night at the movies or like sports mm -hmm. night on whatever, you know, just kind of, mm -hmm. you'll have to see it. But anyways, it's, it's similar to the Vibrant Visionaries podcast logo, but a little bit, I, I definitely like really love that 60s aesthetic and so one thing I'm going to be doing on there is is um, cooking mm -hmm. and just sharing fun easy recipes and just all my influences from working at coffee houses and developing menus and then just living life now kind of like a little bit retro but a little bit modern a little bit you know sitting in front of the tv and eating you know, which i think a lot of people do these days and oh not me i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> but, are you kidding i'm like full time eating in front of the tv yeah. my uh stepmom is an artist and she throws these really cool i don't even know what you call them but they're like it's not a bowl it's not a plate it's like rectangle mm -hmm. kind of like a bowl and and and, and when i stayed right, at her like, house like a trough kind of like a trough like a little personal <laughs> trough and when i ate at her house i was like this could be like the thing that everybody eats from in the future because it's really easy uh, to I'm, sit I'm your... doing it already yeah <laughs> you could kind of like and it, you could do very she's very artistic and it's very beautiful looking but it's also like you could put a bowl of chili with a little cornbread on it. You could throw a salad in there or soup. It's like anything Yum. would go in this trough. <laughs> but... I, I yelled out trough. It's, it's a running joke in my house. Because that's, that's the point we're at now. He's <laughs> troughing in front of the TV. So, yeah, grocery outlet. I want to... Um, do some recipe and yeah if they want to if they want to sponsor vid youtube or anything i'm totally down for it i i shop there all the time the one i go to is in san leandro it's about 15 minutes from here i'm in oakland and um <laughs> i want to do recipes where it's like i got everything i got here was from grocery <laughs> outlet and i take it <laughs> home and go what am i going to do with this but they also play oldies all the time so i'm like dancing and singing down the aisles and like you know, nodding to... mom and pop. It's super cute. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're all independently owned. Yeah, they're all like all family owned. Yeah. They're great. We walk into ours and like every time we walk in, they greet you. It's like, hi, great to see you again. It's really small town. It's so cute. It is it's super cute. Makes me want to spend my money there. Yeah, for sure. Are there particular things you're always looking for? Or is it like it's part of the hunt is part of the fun too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I... Well, my favorite thing about Grocery Outlet, by the way, Grocery Outlet, you can sponsor me too. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Because I'm keeping you and I'm paying your light bill. For sure. I love the, um, at least the way it's set up at our place, you walk in and it's the first thing you hit is the uh, healthy snacks. Mm. They have like amazing section of like munchies. 
but it's not junk food. It's like off brand, but they're like really good quality off brand, weird, like healthy stuff. And which I, I'm really into. I, 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 I like my nerdy snacks. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's where I get my chia seeds or chaya. Mm-hmm. What are they? Chaya? Chia? Is it chai? I think it's chia seeds. Chia seeds. I get my chia seeds. Yeah, right. I get... They're, the, they're what you can get when you get a chia pet, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I get my spirulina. I, mm-hmm. lo- I love spirulina and my smoothie. All the, like, health food stuff, but, like, secretly peppered with, like, cheese, chocolate. Right, and right. It, it's just the perfect... I, I love it. I'm like, I could just talk about it all day. They also have great prices on tortillas. Mm-hmm. I, tortillas are my lifeblood. Yeah, I don't really eat bread, but I, oh my God, I eat a lot of tortillas. And uh, so those are the kind of things I love. I, I mean, while we're on topic, do you ever shop at Aldi? There's no, you know I don't it? think there's any Aldis in my neighborhood. I do listen to Groceries, that podcast. Mm. Have you ever listened to that? No, I've heard of it, but I've not tuned in. It's Aaron and Brian who do Attitudes, which used to be called Throwing Shade. And this mm-hmm. is their other podcast because they would start talking on, on Attitudes, which used to be called Throwing Shade, about they'd start chatting about, you know, going to the farmer's market or, go, you know, mm-hmm. and they I think they just noticed people were like, we love when you're talking about grocery shopping. So they did a whole other show called Groceries. I, I need to subscribe. I, I lo- As you can see, it's all I want to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, tell me about Aldi's. Well, Aldi, it seems to be spreading. They're kind of like the new, kind of like a Trader Joe's phenomenon in America. They're really starting to catch on. And they're really popular where I live. And um, it's basically, it's a German grocery store. And as you would imagine, very German, it's super like no frills, utilitarian. It's this kind of giant warehouse setting, but uh, meticulously organized, but literally like no frills. It's not pretty. They're, you know, it's not glossy, but oh my God, the produce, Aldi, please marry me. The (laughs) produce is insane. I mean, like good, it's fresh. The, uh, the bargains are insane. And it's a lot of uh, what is off-brand to us, but a lot of like European brands mm. that are actually really good, if not better, in many ways, quality-wise. But the, the whole like munchy section, like platters and trays mm-hmm. and prepared like dips and stuff like that, and cheeses, oh, uh, it's like you're <laughs> in a European market. It's delicious, amazing. Like, you know, that, uh, you know, that tube of, uh, of goat cheese you mm-hmm. get at, you know, Trader Joe's, that goat cheese with the blueberries mixed in. Right, it's right. So delicious. Okay, that's like five or six bucks at Trader Joe's. I'm not like pitting anyone up against each other, but at Aldi, that's two bucks. Oh, wow. I mean, everything is half the price and almost better quality. Uh, for certain things, you know, it's a hit or miss. Sure. And you just you just got to dig through it. It's amazing. Oh my god! And um, a carton of eggs, a twelve dozen eggs, sixty seven cents. Oh my god, that's crazy! I'll but, definitely have to look around and see. There's yeah. Wrong with them? They're yeah. like they're not expired or anything. And anyway, okay. Oh. Like, I'm going to start crying. I love Aldi, you guys. I need to be on that grocery show. I, I like, I need to call in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. But Aldi is super old school. Like, you have to 
put in uh like at the airport you know when you get those luggage carts you got to put in a quarter mm-hmm. well maybe now it's like two bucks but i don't know anyway <laughs> like at aldi the shopping cart to to access the shopping cart you got to feed it a quarter so make sure you have a quarter oh my or else you can't you can't get a shopping cart and that's how they get their their shopping carts back so you return your shopping cart and you get your quarter back oh it's super old school yeah super very old school utilitarian german they're not fucking around <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and you gotta bag your own groceries oh i'm yeah um, i'm down for that i love bagging you know, my, my own only groceries. my only uh my only uh criticism about aldi it is the most disabled unfriendly store mm. i've ever been to in my life the carts are huge. You got to bag your own groceries. There's no staff around to help you, but that's how you get the bargains. Gotcha. So um, I, I'm very fortunate that, you know, I have my husband to help me, but uh, that's, that's all I got to say. Um, Aldi has to up their ADA game. But other than that, the bargains are worth uh, the struggle. Sweet. I will mm-hmm. check that out. I'm assuming there might be some around. I just haven't looked. I just know there's, I have my, my usual route is grocery outlet first mm-hmm. and that's in san leandro like i mentioned there's one in oakland but this one just has oodles more charm and is less crowded and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there's I'll, this... I'll drive extra far for charm absolutely and sure. and loyalty you know you get like mm-hmm. you get to know the employees and stuff like that um mm-hmm. even at a walgreens that i go to like there's one that i draw there's a couple that i drive past to get to the one where the lady has a great smile and is always points out what's on sale like of the things i buy and mm-hmm. she's like awesome there's this spice market in san leandro as well this indian spice market so we go there and get like i love garlic powder so we'll get like yeah. pounds of garlic powder and yeah. get you know fresh ginger and that's another place where there's like fun interesting like face masks like not masks <laughs> to cover the mouth mm-hmm. and nose but um, self-care self-care masks, masks yeah and stuff mm-hmm. like that that'll get there or just like ghee and you know coconut mm-hmm. milk and stuff like that can be yeah, good prices there that. and stuff so yeah oh, i'll go amazing. do that and i haven't i haven't been to a trader joe's since the pandemic because i usually just don't feel like I have the time to stand in the line and I'm glad that that our Trader yeah. Joe's is is being you know conscientious of that but yeah. when I drive by I'm like I just go to the yeah and then we have a local place in Alameda California that I go to that's kind of like the local neighborhood grocer and I like to go there as well mm-hmm. too but it's a little more expensive but they have like the good you know if you can splurge on the really good meats and they always have good veggies yeah so that's good. And one last thing I'll say about Aldi, mm-hmm. as I hope that I get sponsored by them. <laughs> I, I read an article, an article came out last year that they are the first supermarket in the United States to be 100% organic. Hmm. So all their stuff is organic and it's cheaper than Trader Joe's. Wow. Yeah, that's all I'll say. I believe it might be limited to produce, mm-hmm. but um, that's that's what I got to say. And that's why I put up with their... Um, ableism yes well hopefully that (laughs) will change soon well before we get wrapped up today i think the other thing i wanted to talk about was just highlight things that you've got coming up here the spring anything you want to point people to anywhere people can check out what you're up to i'm doing two things right now on wednesdays uh wednesdays at 6 p.m pacific you can catch me and one of my best friends 
and cohorts, Nadia Ginsburg, who's a hysterical comedian. So she and I do a happy hour chit chat on Instagram Live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific. And uh, we have a lot of fun. And every Saturday morning at, I'm going to switch the time up. Every Saturday morning at 10 Mm a.m., you can find me as my alter ego, which is Dr. Newman. That is my male illusionist personality. Dr. Newman leads us in a low impact workout every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on my Instagram live. And I just want to say that, uh, you know, Dr. Newman is a character, a really fun character I started doing just for fun several years ago. But now I'm using them as uh, this Dr. Newman is my digital pivot. Mm. And I'm using this character to motivate me to work out. I have to work out. I've gotten really lazy here during COVID. So I figured if I do this character live on Instagram while I work out, it'll force me to number one, show up for my own workout and hopefully create a community of other people who want to work out so we can support each other. And then I have no excuses. I love it. That's what I'm hoping people will tune in to Saturdays at 10 a.m. Dr. Newman's low impact workout live from my doomsday bunker. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. And I'm always down for low impact. Like that is my jam. (laughs) That's about all I can handle these days. I mean, I really actually swimming is my favorite form of workout. Mm -hmm. But even though I'm in Palm Springs, it's too cold for me still. Like, so then I just, I got to do something. And anybody that wants to sponsor me by opening up your pools to me when it's safe to do so, I would love to come (laughs) swim in your pool. (laughs) Come use my pool. (laughs) That would be fantastic. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, before we go, where, uh, what, you you mentioned your Instagram a few times and I've Mm -hmm. mentioned it. It's really fun to follow along on your adventures. Uh, What is your Instagram handle? Thank you so much. My Instagram is Selene underscore Luna, S-E-L-E-N-E underscore Luna, L-U-N-A. I got to put in the underscore because when I signed up for Instagram, a very sweet Mormon girl already had my name. So it happens. (laughs) And and I've seen that people have tagged her Mm. on photos of me that are kind of mortifying. So I hope this kid is not scared. (laughs) Anyway, that's it. But you can also always visit my website, which leads you to whatever shenanigans I'm up to. And my website is seleneluna.com. I don't know if I'm a grandma by plugging a website, but I hope you'll visit it. Yeah, not at all. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I was going to ask you another thing, if you have a couple minutes. Sure, sure. So you did voice work um, you played a, a character, a part, mm-hmm. um, for Coco. Yes. That was such a beautiful movie. Yeah. Uh, I've been to, to Oaxaca a couple of times for Day of the Dead, and Mexico is a place I, I have visited a lot since I was a kid growing up in mm-hmm. Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually uh, here in Oakland, so I'm really close to, to Pixar, too. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was it like Anything you want to share? Just like, what was it like being a part of that project? Oh, gosh, it was incredible. I mean, for someone like me, like a, a, a disabled Mexican immigrant, 
never in my wildest dreams did I imagine I would have an opportunity to voice a character in like, frankly, in my opinion, the greatest cartoon franchise ever. So uh, it, it, it just, it made me very proud, mostly, I mean, more than anything, it made me proud because, uh, you know, Coco is the first major Hollywood studio film to cast an all Latino cast. That had never been done before. So I, I felt very lucky to be part of that. It, you know, it's very historical. Other than that, I mean, it was a wonderful experience. You know, the team at Pixar could not be a more incredible group of people. So thoughtful, so kind. They worked for many, many years in developing this film. They wanted to get it right. And I, I think they uh, exceeded expectations. Yeah, it's yeah. so beautiful. It's so touching. It's so funny. It's so warm. It's so colorful. It just, it's gorgeous. Yeah, the film was made with a lot of love uh, coming from Pixar and uh, and Disney. And I, I think uh, it's obvious to the viewer. For sure, for sure. It's beautiful. Well, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. And thanks so Thank much you. for hanging out with me. <laughs> this is a great start to season three of Vibrant Visionaries. And uh, yeah, thanks for for taking the time today. Thank you. I'm so glad. It was so wonderful to meet you. And I'm so excited to be on your show. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Visionaries. This is Heidi Bennett, and this is my beloved podcast. I produce it, I host it, I book it, and have fantastic editing done by David Smith. Thank you so much, David. Find everything at VibrantVisionaries.com, including a link to our new YouTube channel, Vibrant Visionaries Network. There's even a link to our Patreon where you can join the Vibrant Visionaries community and support the podcast. You can also find me at HeidiBennett.com. Thanks for listening and ciao for now.